Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to a special episode of the Steelers postgame show. Why is it so special? Because the Steelers didn't play. But you know what? Even though they didn't play, number one, we're still giving you a podcast. Number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers have improved their their place in the AFC North standings. We're going to talk about all that for you here. But we also want to mention that we want you to be a part of the show. If you're watching us live on YouTube, go to the live chat, and we are going to be answering your questions pretty much for the, the entire show. I will be joined by our co-host or my co-host Lance Williams here in a few minutes. But otherwise, it's time to run down what's happened or happening at the time of this recording in the AFC North. So the first game on the docket was the Cleveland Browns at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, not really a star-studded matchup. Not a game that a lot of people thought would be worth watching. What's crazy is the game goes to overtime. Jameis Winston throws an interception on the Bucks' first possession of the of the overtime period. It was the second possession overall. He throws an interception, and I'll tell you what, it looked like the Browns had it, but the Browns do Browns things. Next thing you know, the kicker for the Bucks hits a 59-yard field goal to win the game. And so now for the AFC North standings, that puts the Browns at two, four, and one, and it just moves them further down into the cellar. Uh, and so they're not really hanging around in Pittsburgh next week in week eight when they play the Browns, and we'll talk about that a lot coming up. I'll tell you what, they could really put a dagger into this team. Not that they need a dagger, but they could put a dagger. Now, here's the interesting game. 4.05 start. The New Orleans Saints go to Baltimore to play the, to play the Ravens. 
And it's a back and forth affair. If you watch the game, it was pretty exciting, pretty entertaining, good football, to be honest with you, on both sides of the the, uh, equation for both teams. The Saints have a lead, touchdown lead with about, I don't know, just under two minutes left. Joe Flacco drives down, hits John Brown for a touchdown. You're thinking, here we go, going to overtime, second AFC North overtime game. No, Justin Tucker, Mr. Automatic, never missed a point after touchdown in his career. Goes wide right. He pushes it wide right, and they end up losing by 124-23. to 23. Now, for those that are watching us live, the Cincinnati Bengals are currently playing the Kansas City Chiefs on, on Sunday Night Football. It's in the middle. Uh, we're getting close to the 10-minute mark of the second quarter, and the Chiefs are up 14 to nothing. Kareem Hunt has looked amazing in this game. And so with that said, if everything holds true, and what I mean by that is if the Browns obviously lost. The Ravens obviously lost. If the Bengals continue their ways and they lose to the Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers could be considered a first-place team without even playing in Week 7. And with that, I bring in my co-host, Lance Williams. Lance, how is it going tonight? What are your thoughts on what's been a crazy week of football, even without the Steelers playing? Well, it can't get any better than that. If you can get in first place without playing a snap, no injuries, no nothing, that's great. I mean, you can't ask for it better than that. Yeah, uh, it's it's, a, it's the honest truth. And so the Steelers are sitting back doing nothing, enjoying their time away. Big Ben's in the Bahamas. Who knows what everyone else is doing? And uh, they're just watching themselves move up the standings without even having to take a snap. So again, if you're just joining us, you're just getting into the YouTube live, go to the uh, comment section, go to our live chat, leave questions. We'll be answering them throughout the show. It's not going to be as long as our normal show, but we still want to give you an opportunity to get your questions out there. Okay, Lance, you ready for some questions? Absolutely. Okay, how happy were you when Justin Tucker missed that extra point? I was ecstatic. I mean, the Ravens are a team that the Steelers lost to. The Steelers will have to handle their business against them. What's that, three weeks from now or two weeks from now? So anytime you can get somebody else to do some of your business, it's great. So now, like Jeff was saying in last week's show, The Steelers have their destiny in their own hands, particularly if the Cincinnati Bengals lose tonight. This is fantastic. You win the rest of your games. You win a division. Absolutely. Now, I have to be honest. I am a superstitious guy. Those that have followed the show know this. And one of my superstitions, I cannot stand it when announcers say something like or to the effect of, Justin Tucker's never missed an extra point in his entire career as he's lining up to take the extra point because I'm thinking in my head, Man, you just put the lips on him. That's a golf term. You just jinxed him, whatever you want to call it. And boy, he he missed it. And uh, I was stunned, absolutely stunned. And I said this before the Steelers played the the Ravens in week four, I think it was, that Chris Boswell was, was really playing poorly. You were surprised when he made a kick. And if Justin Tucker ever missed a kick, you were thinking, holy crap, what's going on? So yeah, needless to say, I was stunned. But I live in Maryland. I've said that before on the show. I am going to enjoy this week because I can just rub it in as much as I want. And the Steelers didn't play, so I don't have to worry about whether the Steelers won or lost. Um, Here we go. What do you think about coming out of the bye, Lance? Uh, Some people say the Steelers always look bad coming off a bye with the Browns coming up. Um, What do you think the psyche of the Steelers is going to be coming up? I think the Browns will get their full attention given how well the Browns have played the last few weeks and have played this season and how they played in the first game. 
I don't think there's going to be a drop-off. I think the Steelers know that they've done a good job of fighting to get back into this division race. They won't take the Browns lightly. And I think they're going to come out of the bye and play some really good football. And it's really good that you come out of the bye against a divisional opponent because that makes your preparation have to be the best that it can be because of the importance of a divisional game. Had it been against an NFC team, you know, some team where the loss doesn't have the same impact, then maybe I think you could see that issue. But I don't think they're going to lose focus this week. Well, and there's also a silver lining to that tie that they had in week one. Don't think that Pittsburgh wasn't embarrassed by that. Don't think those players aren't going to remember that feeling when the Cleveland Browns are celebrating the tie. So we didn't lose. We actually came close to winning a game. And here's Pittsburgh in their locker room thinking, man, we feel like we just lost. Uh, that's going to resonate. Um, I think. I don't think that, you know, I think some people might say, well, would they be looking ahead to the Ravens game the following week in week nine? I agree with you, Lance, an AFC North division game, and they've only won one. They are one, one, and one in divisional games this year. I'm not sure if they overlook the Browns. Um, so <clears throat> there you go. Here we go, Lance. Uh, Nathan asks, do you think the Steelers are going to bring Ola Adenye off the injured reserve list when he's able to? And I think that's coming up after this week, or maybe it is this week. I'll have to double check. Um, so, yeah, do you think they'll bring the outside linebacker off IR and put him onto the, the 53-man roster? They're only carrying three outside linebackers right now. I mean, from a numbers perspective, that makes sense. I'd have to take another look at the roster to see how much sense it actually makes. But I guess if I have to answer the question right now, I would say no, but we'll see. Well, if you move him up, you have to take someone away. So who would the, let's just brainstorm this a little bit. Who would you take off? I mean, Brian Allen was just promoted from the practice squad. He's a cornerback. They've got a lot of them. Jordan Dangerfield's kind of that special teams guy now. So I don't think they're going to take his helmet away. Justin Hunter, but if Darius Hayward, there's, it's not just as simple. I hope you will realize that, that anytime a player is coming off injured reserve or the pup list, because Eli Rogers is going to be coming off the pup list soon if he's healthy and the Steelers want him on the roster. Whenever you add someone, you got to take someone away. And it's never as easy as, oh, we'll just add him to the roster. This isn't Madden. So you're going to have to send someone or to cut someone, see if they clear waivers, practice squad, all that good stuff. Um, all right, here we go. Do you believe Le'Veon Bell will show up on Monday and sign the franchise tag, or will he wait until after the trade deadline? The rumors were, Lance, in case you didn't hear, the reports were that he is going to wait until after the trade deadline, which is October 30th, to report. The reason being, he does not want to be traded. He cannot be traded unless he signs his franchise tag. And so if he waits after the Browns game, obviously leading up to the uh, Week 9 game against the Ravens, he would be eligible and it would be post trade deadline, what do you think Le'Veon Bell's next move is going to be? I mean, that would be the smart strategic move, but I can't say that the way he's handled this has been smart. So I, I really don't know. He hasn't had any contact with the franchise. Nobody's in communication with him. So I'm going to say yes. I'll say yes. He will show up. That That makes perfect sense. But again, giving up close to, I guess at that point, $7 million doesn't make sense to me, but it makes sense to me if he does not want to get traded. And that's fewer games, fewer hits that he will come in after the trade deadline. 
Yeah, I mean, you think about it, and I know that fans are upset, and we're all we've all been upset. We've Lance and I have both voiced our opinions on Le'Veon Bell a multitude of times on this show and on other shows, a ton. It's just been it's it's ongoing. The one thing you have to remember though is that he is still a tremendous talent. My question for you, Lance, is do you see, and, and history doesn't show this, even you look back at D'Angelo Williams and other running backs that have split time with him, do you see them being handling this any different than they did in the past with James Conner because Conner has played so well? And I know that D'Angelo Williams in 2016 led the NFL in rushing before Bell came back, and then he just sat, he just rode the pine basically for the rest of the year. How do you, do you see him doing anything different with, with Bell when he does report? Cause he's going to report eventually, but I do believe that. Do you see them handling any different? What game would that be? If he comes in after the trade deadline, he would so be they're, they're three to one now, six games. So what, what number game would that be? Well, that would be week nine. They played eight games. So if they, let's say they beat the Browns on Sunday, then they would be four, two and one. So it would be their eighth game. They would that Raven? Big, would that Raven game be after the that trade be, deadline? No, yeah. So they, he would be reporting for the Ravens game. Um, I I think they're going to work him along slowly. I think James Conner will be the starting back probably for two to three games after that. And if Le'Veon Bell looks very good, depending on how his body responds, I, I think Le'Veon eventually will be the starter, and James Conner will be the starter next year, and they'll have a two back rotation. And I think that the offensive game plan will look like we've seen it look the last two weeks. But I think Le'Veon Bell will be the starter. Although I think James Conner at this point, you know, is the better back. And I think he does make Le'Veon Bell replaceable. But I think Le'Veon Bell will start after a couple of games for the Steelers. And that'll be the last start that he has. And the last time, of course, he'll be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he won't be with the team next year. Yeah. Do you think the team, the Steelers, need to make a significant move to acquire an impact offensive player before the trade deadline? What are your thoughts? Do you think that's a that's a must, or are you not willing to possibly give up what it would take to get one of those players? I don't think it's a must, but I would do it. I would try to piece together any package that I could to get Patrick Peterson out of Arizona. If you pair... Joe Hayden with another premier cornerback, I think it elevates this defense into a top 15 unit. And I think in the National Football League, you don't have to have a great defense. The Ravens have a great unit. I think they play fantastic ball today. You know, anytime you can hold a New Orleans offense down to 24 points, that's playing really good defense. But I think if you added a Patrick Peterson to this defense, I think this defense starts to look like a championship defense. So I would try to piece together any package that they could to get Patrick Peterson, whether that's picks, picks in a player, whatever. I would try to figure out and get him in there. I don't think it's a must, but it's one of those things. If you can do it, you should do it. So if if Arizona says you're going to have to give us in this, this upcoming draft, you're going to have to give us your first round pick. And then in the following draft, you're going to give us a third. You're saying deal's done. A first and a third for Patrick Peterson? I'd do it immediately. That's a steep price, man. That's a steep price. He, he's a premier corner. And in, how, in the National Football League, I mean, you need two good corners. How old is corners, he? How old is he? I'm going to say 27, 28. Okay, still on the good side of 30. Yes. 
Okay. See, I don't know much. I know he's good. I know he's very good and he's very athletic. He has return capabilities as well, but I don't know much about him just because I haven't watched a lot of Arizona Cardinals football. Recently. Let's just say this. He's not going to backpedal into the end zone and let a receiver run out in front of him and catch a touchdown pass. Riddle me that. Hmm. I thought that was just very. I thought that was standard operating procedures for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's called a Burns coverage. Appropriately, <laughs> Burns coverage. Um. Okay, so uh, here's the next question from Nathan. He asks, uh, "It seems the Steelers' defense is more successful when they're aggressive. Do you think the coach's defensive game plan will start to be more aggressive coming off the bye week?" I think he's. Regarding blitzing, I wrote an article, um, really cool Twitter handle if you don't follow them. It's the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN. They had their own Twitter handle, and all they do is put out weekly stats. It's really interesting stuff. Sometimes it's individual players, sometimes it's team. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are still one of the highest blitzing teams by percentage in the National Football League. I think they blitzed something like 32% of the time. They were like fourth or fifth out in the top 10. They still blitz a lot. But um, I guess, would you say that you think they were going to be more aggressive than that, Lance, in the in the coming weeks? I don't think so. I, I think the combination of how much they blitz is probably appropriate. The interesting thing is, I wonder, of those blitzes, how many times is it Mike Hilton? I think the key with blitzing is the coverage behind it. If you're going to play zone behind it, I think that's critical instead of playing man. And if you blitz, you got to tackle. I mean, you just really have to tackle. So... And you've got to get home if you blitz. I like the mix of, uh, of, of aggressiveness as well as, you know, playing some soft zone coverage behind it. So I, so I kind of like the blend. I mean, the key, I mean, as Dick LeBeau used to say it all the time, the best defense is getting the quarterback on the ground. So if you can get the quarterback on the ground or rush throws or force throws there is and you can tackle the catch, then the more the better. I would like to see less Mike Hilton blitzes and a little more diversification in the blitz, but I like where the blend is at the moment. Uh, well, please, for all things holy, Keith Butler, stop sending safeties on a blitz. If you watch the game against the Bengals, there were several times where he's bringing Terrell Edmonds, who's not in the box, mind you. It's just late. It's I don't know if it's a delayed blitz. If it's not a delayed blitz, it looks awful because it's that that late developing just don't do that because you're just every time they did that against the Bengals, they hit a big play in my opinion send mike hilton if you want other guys that are around the line of scrimmage in the box don't leave your secondary hanging out to dry like you mentioned uh that's key um anthony brings up they are second in sacks they're second only to the baltimore ravens where if they wouldn't have had their 11 sack game uh against the tennessee titans in week six then the Steelers would still have the lead there, but they are second in the league in sacks. Um, Claude asks, does the NFL still test for drugs players who are not signed? No, they cannot. They cannot test a player who's not currently under contract and an employee of the National Football League. But when Le'Veon Bell does sign his franchise tender, and I'm assuming that's who he's referring to with his question, Yes, the NFL does have every right to have him take a drug test or PED test, whatever you want to call it, um, upon him signing that franchise tag tender because then he would become an employee of the league again. So yes, that is possible. Some people have thought that maybe Bell is delaying the inevitable because of 
you know, maybe waiting for something to get out of his system. <laughs> I'm not so sure, but uh, that is that is the case. So Lance, we'll go to the next question here. Do you guys see James Washington making a second half impact, or will his rookie season be mainly just a low production year? I think he's going to make an impact, and it's not sure what 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 the little production impact, but I think he's going to make the appropriate impact. I mean, I think we have to all realize he has very good players above him. Antonio Brown, Juju, Vance McDonald, presumably Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he has very good offensive options that you would rather get the ball to. And in certain instances, you'd rather get the ball to Jesse James. And just think when Eli Rogers comes back. So The Steelers have a lot of weapons. I I think the Rook is coming along slowly, and and I think we need to have patience. I don't think the offense is an issue whatsoever, and and I didn't even mention uh, Connor in the passing game. So, you know, the Steelers are in a good place with the second-round draft pick. He does not have to perform and produce at a high level for the offense to be productive, and that's a good thing. Okay, so you brought up Eli Rogers. I mentioned him earlier in the show. When he gets healthy – how do you handle him coming off the the pup list? Uh, what what are you doing with him? Because hey, I know that the Steelers don't have a, a genuine number three wide receiver, and that's been talked about a lot. How do you handle Rodgers if he's healthy when he's able to come back? I think you just move him along slowly. I don't know if he's going to get a hat per se. I mean, I mean they have a luxury of of having a lot of options. I mean, they don't have to play eleven personnel to be productive because of the emergence of Vance McDonald. So I think you can bring him along slowly because if you need slot production, you can just play Juju in the slot. You know, you can play 12 personnel and take it that way and put two tight ends, have Vance in the slot as well. And you can get some production. You don't necessarily need a receiver opposite Antonio Brown flexed out wide, you know, in the X and or the Z. So it's fine. They have, they have enough weapons to get by. However, a slot receiver, a traditional slot receiver, you know, outside of Juju and being able to put Juju outside does give them even more flexibility. So I think they're in a position just like James Washington. They don't need Eli Rogers to produce to have a high octane offense. So that gives them the luxury of bringing him along slowly, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Speaking of James Washington, another question about him. As a receiver, do you think his statistics will match up with Juju's rookie season? Let's not forget, folks, that Juju finished with over 900 yards receiving as a rookie. A lot of people, myself included, think that if he wouldn't have been suspended for that Vontez perfect hit, he would have gone over 1,000 yards. What do you think about that, Lance? Do you think there's any chance that James Washington has a huge breakout second half? No way. <laughs> just, just no way. And it's because of Juju. It's because of Juju and Antonio Brown. I mean, I'll throw this question back to the listeners, and thank you guys for jumping in on the live chat. Who are you going to throw the football to? Are you going to throw the football to A.B., Juju, or Vance McDonald? Or, 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 or Connor coming out of the backfield? Who's getting the ball? So with that being said, he's not going to get enough opportunities or targets. I mean, the only way he could get to that point would be if his yards per catch were 20 yards and above, and he was catching four to five balls. I can't see that. I think it's just too far long into the season for him to have that bust out. But again, I don't know if the Steelers need it, but whatever he gives them, it's just gravy. 
Absolutely. Um, Nathan asked another question. Do you think the Steelers are good enough this year to legitimately compete in the playoffs? Or does this season maybe remind you more of last season? Let's let's do that. Let's compare and contrast this year to last year. Well, when I hear legitimately and being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and a Pittsburgh native, legitimately means are they good enough to win a seventh world title? Legitimately does not mean win a playoff game or win two. It means win the whole thing in my book. And I just don't think the defense is good enough right now to win the whole thing. Go get Patrick Peterson. Yes, they can win the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this team seems resilient. I will say that. And last year I felt that it was a year where they got a lot of gifts. We'll put it that way. I felt that that 13 and three season was kind of a mirage in a way, you know, you're supposed to play Aaron Rodgers, You get Huntley. You were supposed to play Andrew Luck. You get whoever they had. You're supposed to play Deshaun Watson. You had whatever warm body the Houston Texans were throwing out there. Hey, the, the Steelers can't apologize for that. Um, and they shouldn't apologize for that. They play whoever's that lineup against them, but at the same time, the quality of wins, eh, I don't know. I think this team is resilient. We'll see how it goes. There's a lot of football left, or as they say in golf, there's a lot of paper left, so we'll see where it goes. Here's a question. Do you think that Matthew Thomas, the rookie inside linebacker, will be more involved in the defense after the bye week? I think it depends on L.J. Foyt's injury. If Foyt is healthy, no. If not, I, I see him potentially getting into some sub-packages, but I think it's largely depending on the Foyt injury because I think Foyt is a really good sub-package linebacker. I think he's better than both Williams and Bostic in that role when the Steelers go to dime and or nickel, particularly in dime when they put a safety in there and he's the inside linebacker. So I, I, I think it all depends on Foyt. If Foyt is healthy, no. If not, I think you might see the rookie being uh, worked in some. Yeah, and the player that Lance is talking about is L.J. Fort. Uh, not Why do I say Foyt? Foyt? I always think of A.J. Foyt. <laughs> I mean, I'm dating myself when I say A.J. Foyt because, you know, A.J. Foyt was the formula or, or, or the formula five, the Indy 500. I, 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 as I was saying it, I'm like, everything <laughs> makes me say A.J. I, I'm lucky I said L.J. I just say L.J. and not say A.J. Because you know, every you're... time I say uh, – I, I don't know if you know, you're going to turn into like the players. If you want to listen to the Steelers when they're leading up to a game, uh, they'll talk about numbers. They won't say necessarily like a player's name or, hey, you're lining up against this cornerback. And turn around like, yeah, man, 27 is good. He's got good speed. He's got That's going to be you now. You're just going to say like, oh, yeah, 54, whoever that yeah. is. Well, I didn't I know his number. I mean, I was like, well, yeah, I think his number you is didn't 54. Know his number? I'd probably get the number wrong, but yeah, it is 54. I do know that. <laughs> but uh, listeners, let me give you guys a quick uh, score a score update. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have taken a 21-7 lead against the Bengals heading into halftime, and it looks like that high-octane offense in Kansas City is moving the ball comfortably, although Andy Dalton, and A.J. Green did get hot on a drive late in the second quarter to get a touchdown. But it looks like Kansas City has resumed control of the ball game, and hopefully the Chiefs continue their dominance of the Bengals, and the Steelers are in first place by the end of the evening. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks for the update. Uh, let's go with another question. Do you 
well, this is basically I'll sum it up for this person. This is Mike. Uh, he said, "What are your thoughts on Stefan Tuit? Feels like he's been uh, regressing since signing his big contract. He's basically saying he, I don't know. That's a, that's like what Lamar Woodley did. You get paid and then you get fat and lazy. Do you think that's Stefan Tuit, or do you think that's more schematic? Why don't you answer that, Jeff? Because you gave a nice breakdown of there was an article I think you referenced about his role." in the defense over the last three weeks. Why don't you share that with the listeners? Yeah, that was an article uh, we had Chris Carter on from DKPittsburghSports.com on Wednesday on our show, The Standard is the Standard, which, by the way, if you haven't gone back and listened to that episode, you should, because I thought it was very good. I thought it was very insightful. Um, answered a lot of questions, had Chris Carter on. But Dale Lolly, who also writes on the Steelers beat for DK Pittsburgh Sports, wrote a really interesting article about how the Steelers defensively have changed their defensive line, kind of their priorities. I, I put it that way because they still want them to rush the passer, but they're going back to more of the Dick LeBeau style three four defense where they want their defensive linemen. Think back to Kiesel, Hampton, and Smith to eat up blockers, to get those double teams to allow their linebackers to move. I don't think it's a coincidence that when they did this, they started to play better defense. They started to play better against the run. At the same time, because of that, Stefan Toot and Cameron Hayward are not going to get those eye-popping statistics that you're used to seeing from them. Think back to those great 2,000 teams. You didn't see eye-popping stats from Kimo, Kimo Van Olhoffen, Chris Hoke, Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel, all these players that were stalwarts on the defensive line, they just did their job and let other people reap the, the benefits of it. So for me, I see this and think Stefan Tuitt might not be beating his man one-on-one, -on -one, but he might not supposed to be beating his man one-on-one. -on -one. He might be trying to drive his man into his, the, the guard next to him or the tackle and to try to free up players like Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, who, by the way, account for over 12 sacks for the Steelers this season. So that's my answer, Lance. You might disagree, but that's what I see. I mean, I don't disagree. I, I think I don't think it's a bad approach. It was effective in the past. As a pass rusher, I don't know how good Stephon Tewitt is as a pass rusher, but, I mean, that's, a, that's an expensive two gappers. Those are two very expensive two gapper guys. But I want to ask you a question, Jeff, on the defensive side of football. And I was listening to the Monday morning quarterback podcast hosted by Andy Benoit. And I forget the other gentleman. It's a podcast given through SI.com. And he was talking about how he might, as a defensive coordinator, sacrifice giving up yards in the run to play seven defensive backs pretty much regularly to really structure your defense to taking away the pass. What, what's your thought about that? I, I thought about that for a bit and said, I don't know if I could do that as a base defense all of the time, but that's definitely a wrinkle that I could see happening more and more in a national football league where you're playing with three safeties and four corners and you're really trying to defend the pass and flood everything and make throws very difficult. Okay, well, I think about I, when I when you say that, I immediately think to myself: if I'm Randy Feetner, if I'm Ben Roethlisberger, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers with the personnel that they have right now, man, I got a I got a feeling that if that if a defense were trying to do that to this Steelers offense, they would eat all day. 
I just feel like that they're good enough run blocking, especially now that everyone's back, everyone's healthy on that offensive line. James, I feel like James Conner would have a huge day. Now, if you're playing a team that doesn't have the running game, that isn't, I don't know, that downhill team. And I'm not saying Pittsburgh is that downhill team. I don't know. I be, like you said, I agree with the sub packages in certain situations. We'll say third and long. You throw that out there. I can see that. But running that all the time, man, that's a light. You're really light well, in the box. You, well, let me ask you this way. Do you think running games in the National Football League, any running game is consistent or good enough to beat you? That do you think you could give up some yards in the run, play really good situational defense on third down and in the red zone, and hold up being that light? As your base defense? As your base defense, you're running three safeties, four corners on the field. You're playing, so you'd have seven defensive, uh, seven defensive backs, two linebackers, or maybe one linebacker and three defensive linemen, or or or, or any way you wanted to align it up front with the remaining four players. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, shoot, there's people that said that Ryan Chazier's size and ability was more of a safety in the box, anyways. You know, he's not the heaviest guy. So if you would consider him a safety type, then it could work because he can cover, he can also stop the run, and he can run sideline to sideline. But at the same time, if you're talking more of a a standard traditional safety type, I don't think it could work. Maybe a couple years down the road as the NFL continues to evolve into nothing but a passing league. But right now, I still think there's teams like the New Orleans Saints, the Kansas City Chiefs that are playing now. I even think the Pittsburgh Steelers might be able to be lumped into that category, Baltimore Ravens. They're willing to run the football, and those those teams would, would give that defense fits, in my opinion. But that's just me. What do you think? I think it'd be an interesting experiment. I, I think you could get away with it as long as you had the personnel to put out the fire if you needed to. So if you could you could go seven, and if you were getting gouged in a run game and feeling a little squeamish, you could put Hargrave in it. I, I just don't think defensive coaches are willing to be patient enough with it and give up yards and watch their offenses sit on the sidelines, potentially, if you can't stop the run. Well, that's because defensive coordinators like to have a job. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Who Who's going to guinea pig that at the National Football League level and say, yeah, I'll, I'll sacrifice my job because if it doesn't work, you're done. You're done, period. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. <laughs> exactly. No, Chip Kelly would do it. <laughs> that's a great example of a guy that say, I'm going to take a college scheme and I'm going to bring it to the pros. And what happened? Fell flat on his face. And two years later, they end up winning a Super Bowl with almost the same roster. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know how many coaches would do that, but maybe there is one crazy enough out there to do it. I feel like that's the evolution of the game. It's the way they're trending, but just not right now. Just not right now. So, Lance, I'll tell you what, the, the questions have kind of gone dry a little bit. So why don't we uh, – do you have anything to say to the listeners before we wrap it up tonight? Hey, it's an awesome week. The Steelers are probably going to be in first place. Kansas City's moving to football, trying to go up 28-7. Looks like a fantastic week, and the Steelers are going to be in first place with no injuries. That sounds like the best weekend it could possibly be. Yeah, that's going to be tough to argue with. For From my standpoint, as the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I have to suggest, first and foremost, subscribe to our audio content, whether that's through YouTube, 
Stitch, Art19, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, you name it, we're there. Just type in BTSE Steelers, whatever the case may be, and subscribe. We would appreciate it. Also, make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We will have this show as well as all of our shows, the Steelers Hangover tomorrow night, Wednesdays, the Standard is the Standard, Thursday nights, the Steelers Preview, all of it right there for you. So make sure you check that out. Lance, thanks for the time as always. Enjoy the bye week. It's been a great one. We'll see you next week, next time. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.